When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Punk Rock and Beer Podcast. If you are enjoying the show, and I hope you are, I wanted to mention our Patreon because that is the best thing that you can do to support the show if you are so inclined. Patrons get access to every podcast a week early without any of the ads. There's also members-only channels in the Discord that I am super active in. I do Q&As, I do some giveaways, and for everyone who has asked, there's also a way to have me review your music or artwork or anything else that you would like to get my eyes or ears on. Every month, I do a call for submissions on Patreon. You post your work in the comments, and then I will review it live on Twitch and then post them to YouTube for everybody on Patreon as well. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, there's a link to that in the show notes for this podcast. We're going to talk about the worst songs of the 2000s today. The toughest part about this is that the 2000s started 20 years ago. Isn't that horrifying? 21 years ago. Horrifying. Almost 22 years ago. Seems like 2009 was just yesterday, but it was not. It was 12 years ago. So we're going to talk about the worst songs of the 2000s. I've got a list that I took from Twitter and Facebook. So thank you to everyone who gave me an idea. But I'm going to start with something from the chat because I totally didn't think about it. This is Because I Got High by Afro Man, a truly horrible song. Roll another. Oh, it's censored too. Roll another blank because people are going to be so offended if you say blunt in a song called Because I Got High. I also didn't remember that this video had Jay and Silent Bob in it, but of course it does. The song is pretty good. It's true. The song is pretty good, but I hate it because I fucking hate anything that has to do with like weed or stoner culture. Like people who make weed into their personality, like I want to just put them into a really fucking uncomfortably tight box with no air holes and shoot it into the fucking sun. If you want to smoke weed, totally cool. If you want to smoke weed all day long, I don't care. But as soon as you make it your identity, <laughs> that is when I hate you. I'm sorry. Just need to find the right strain, bro. I mean, at least they're accurate about it, right? Like everyone else who smokes weed, they try to tell you, uh, well, actually it helps me concentrate. When I smoke fatty dank bubble gum, 
it's more of like a head high. So actually it helps me concentrate. Like, oh, that's why you never do anything and you never leave the house because it, it gives you energy and makes you concentrate. That's why you do nothing with your life. Okay, got it. At least this song is honest. I was gonna go to class before I got high. Come on, y'all. Check it out. Uh. Am I straight edge? No, I'm not. I was gonna go to court before I got high. <laughs> I was gonna go to court before I got high. This is another thing. Never trust a stoner. Never trust their account of what actually happened because this shit rots their brain. Imagine some stoner, you know, goes to jail. You're know, like, oh man, what happened? I'm like, ah, well, what happened was, and then they tell you something that is completely different from reality. If you actually ask the cop involved or, you know, the judge or something, it'd be like, well, no, what happened is he didn't fucking show up to court. <laughs> shit rots your brain. Pay my child support. But then I got high. No, you wouldn't. It literally makes you depressed, but tricks you into thinking you're happy. I mean, I have the same criticisms of lots of other drugs. Drugs are bad, my friends. Drugs are bad. I've done lots of them, so I know. Man, if you think I'm fucking annoying right now, imagine if you were talking to me when I, like, five minutes after I just did four lines of coke. I must have been absolutely unbearable. I, I apologize to anybody who ever came in contact with me when I was on cocaine, because I can't imagine how irritating it was. Because I got high, because I got high. All drugs are bad, but the, the reason that weed makes me extra annoyed is because for whatever reason, it's just one of these, it's like the only drug that people make into their entire goddamn personality. And anything, any kind of hobby that people make into their whole personality annoys the fuck out of me. I'm sorry, it's petty, I know it, it just annoys the living shit out of me when people turn dumb things into their identity. Now, if you think I'm being too harsh on Afro Man, Watch this. Watch this shit. Look at that. This is not like Parker Cannon. They said he kicked a girl, which he didn't really. He like gently sort of nudged her out of the way with his foot. He just fucking punched her in the fucking face. I wasn't going to punch a girl in the fucking face. And then I got high. Ugh. God. Yeah. Okay. Great suggestion one of the worst songs of the 2000s because it sure fucking is horrible song by a horrible man <laughs> next up lips of an angel by hinder which is a really horrible song in a few different ways let's let's watch and you'll see So the first issue is his voice. Like, I can't imagine this is anybody's actual singing voice. Honey, why are you calling me? It sounds like somebody who like punctured a lung in a thriller movie when the bad guy shoots the, the good guy cop, like the, the, the sidekick cop, and he's like on his dying breath and like, who, who did this? Stay with me, Max. Tell me, who did this to you? And he's like, li li lips of an angel. Like he's forcing out his last breath. That's the first problem. The second problem is, I don't know if you've ever paid attention to the lyrics to this song, but it's about a guy cheating and he's upset because his side piece is calling him while his main bitch is in the other room. It's kind of hard to talk right now. It's kind of hard to talk right now. My girl's in the next room. My girl's in the next room. sometimes I wish she was you. Like, how shitty is this? This is so shitty. The other objection I have is his hand movements. He does this really contrived thing like this. It's really irritating. There it is. There it is. 
Why is the singer dressed like Ashley Simpson from like 2005? There we go. Look, why is he dressed like this? Why is he dressed like old school Ashley Simpson? I have questions. From the chat here, not gonna lie, the situation does happen sometimes. At least two of you have gotten called by your side piece while your woman is in the next room over. It is true, it does happen. You know, people make mistakes, but writing a song about it is kind of shitty. That's what I'm saying. You know, if you cheated on someone, it's not cool. But, you know, mistakes happen. Do you need to write a song about it? Like, celebrating it. That's, that's my thing. Calling the side piece your angel. <laughs> I hate it when my side piece calls while I'm sorting through my scarf collection. Look at his flares. What is this, 2000, 2005 or so? I guess flared, you know, bootcut jeans were still cool for guys back then. Again... I just want to know who rated Ashley Simpson's wardrobe for this. There's this hand thing again. Sounds so sweet. Do you remember that PS2 game Sing Star, the karaoke game? I used to do this song a lot in that game. The candles. Oh. God, there's two things in this video that are just the most like LA douchebag rocker aesthetic ever. Number one, candles. Number two, scarves. Any band with scarves and candles in their videos, complete douchebags. There are no exceptions to this. No exceptions. All right. Anybody else got a, uh, got a suggestion? So this is Liquid Dreams by O-Town. As I recall, they were a product of the first season of making the band right i think it was that show oh look at that drip bronx i like that this looks like uh something they'd have at walmart now in like the graphic t-shirts uh section but this was the cutting edge of fashion in 2001 oh listen listen look at this little shoulder roll there i like that She, oh man, this ad lib, listen to that. She's so fine, damn. Love that. Migos got nothing on them. Ooh. Oh, wow. Listen to this chorus. This is what I'm fucking talking about. I want a girl who's a mix of Destiny's Child with Madonna's Wild Side. With Janet Jackson's smile. I mean, who doesn't? The synth guitars, I love it. I like his Macy's shirt. What's really amazing about this to me is how the Y2K aesthetic has now become trendy again, that you could just release this video exactly as is for some like TikTok hyperpop artist, like completely unaltered, exactly like this. And it would be seen as like brilliant and <laughs> creative. Yeah, I mean, basically that's what Charlie XCX and Dorian Electro do, right? It's pretty amazing. She's a dominatrix supermodel beauty queen. Woo! Whoever said in the chat that they just don't have the in-sync charisma, it's really true. This comes off as 
like the people who won some talent contest at the mall and then got $10,000 to make a video or something like that. And you're like, Oof. but if NSYNC or Backstreet Boys did it, everyone would love it and think it was great. You know, it just goes to show charisma. You either got it or you don't. The thong song. Is that, uh, is that from the 2000s or is that from the 90s? Oh, February 2000. Let's watch it then. Oh, wait, this is the, this is the Vice documentary. Cisco is now accepted as real music by Vice. That's the era we live in. You wait long enough and everything becomes canonized as real music, even Papa Roach and Cisco. So let's watch it. By the way, I have watched that story of thong song thing on Vice. It's actually pretty interesting. So because he said, live in la vida loca in the song, like he got sued for it and never made any money off of it. Hold on, dog. What's up? Hold on, dog. Look at her hair. Wow. In 2000, this was considered having a good hair day. If you were a video vixen that had a bunch of money for a stylist, and they're like, okay, baby, we're going to make you look your best. Don't worry. You're going to look amazing in the video. No. That's the Jennifer Aniston, but like yeah, greasy. I'll not hear any slander of Jennifer Aniston. You like to dance on the hip hop spots. You cruise to the cruise like an the dots. Because she was living la vida loca. There we go. That's it. That's what, that's what cost him all his royalties. Baby, move your I mean, imagine, imagine writing this song. I love the just unabashed creepiness of this, you know? No shame. I want to know if he ever did gymnastics or something, because he is really athletic. The thing I find funny is all night long, let me see that thong. He doesn't want anything more. He doesn't want to advance beyond thong gazing. That's right. He just wants him to lay like this. Just, just stare. That's it. Here's when he starts his gymnastics. This is what I'm impressed by more than anything else. There we go. If you can do a backflip, you're a good fucking athlete. I want to know who thought of this shot with the hot dog. If that was the director, he's like, okay, guys, I got a little something I want to sneak in, a little Easter egg for everyone. Or if that was Cisco, he's like, listen, I love the video treatment, but there's one shot we got to have. We gotta have the hot dog for like 10 frames. There we go. <laughs> the hot dog with the, the mustard getting laid down. It's a metaphor for what? Oh, by the way, another peak 2000s Y2K moment. He has that same belly button tattoo as Sully from Godsmack, the tribal sun around his belly button. What, is, what was this? His little move here? Is this like an attempt at parkour? Where he like jumps up on the railing for a second? It didn't turn out that cool. Whatever he was trying to do there, it didn't, it wasn't actually that cool. And then when he playfully kicks the sand here. Uh, I like it. She's not just urban. She likes the pop. All right, what's next? Finger 11. I actually don't remember this band or this song. So we're going in blind here, folks. A few people recommended Paralyzer. We're going in blind. I don't remember this at all. Oh, this song. Oh, fuck. I hate this song. I always thought this was Franz Ferdinand. I hate this, like, dance kind of shit. Oh, the guy does not look like what I was expecting at all. I guess that would explain. They look like they all work in offices. Like, all these guys, and I'm not trying to put them down, 
but I guess I'm going to. All these guys, except for the guitarist, all look like they have uh, some sort of crappy office job, like they process insurance claims or something. They repair photocopiers. Yes, they look like they repair photocopiers. That's perfect. Like, oh God, the guy from fucking Rico's here again. He's always such a dick. Whenever the copier breaks and we have to call him, he's like such a fucking asshole about it. I'm like, dude, don't blame me. It's your fucking piece of shit copier that breaks all the time. You're complaining because he got band practice. Not my fucking fault, dude. His band's called Finger Eleven. They're never going to go anywhere. Oh, I hate this song so much. He sounds like Jack Black. In a bad way. What is the concept for this video? And is this the same rooftop that everyone uses? Or is it a different one? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello out there! Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together, we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, you can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use Hyperfollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So 
Be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. The mid 2000s, there was Franz Ferdinand and Block Party and fucking, I don't even remember what else. Like when all that, like, you know, that disco beat kind of rock was popular. And God, I hate that shit. He has such a rock voice. What is the concept for this video? You know what this reminds me of? This is from 2007 or something like that. And I was talking about uh, Franz Ferdinand and Dance Punk and Block Party. This is the era in which white people became obsessed with flash mobs. And the kind of people that listen to that shit, that like Dance Punk or like 28-year-olds with office jobs who thought flash mobs were the fucking coolest thing in the world. And they would email around the office because this is before social media. They would email the latest zany flash mob video around the office. And I would try to politely laugh, but I just wanted to fucking stab them. They'd be like, oh, are you going to go see The Vines? Are we going to go see Franz Ferdinand this weekend? Have you seen that hilarious OK Go video? And oh my gosh, look at this flash mob at a Star Wars wedding. It's so cool. That's the kind of people that listen to this bullshit. Jet, yes. Ugh. Yes, it's all downstream from LCD sound system. That's true. The Harlem Shake. That's right. Oh God, I hate flash mobs so much. They're so cringy. I'm salty tonight. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm salty tonight, and I'm not sorry for it. It's a new me. Another song that people brought up. I Got a Feeling by Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, I, I agree with the... Ch what was that? Is this supposed to be like a girl in the shower? It just looks like she's peeing. Let's watch that again and imagine this is pee. <laughs> she's just going in the shower. She's got to get ready. She doesn't have time to to wait for the bathroom. She's just going to go. This is like the perfect example of a song that like, I mean, it's probably the intended purpose of it for like basic girls to get ready before they go out. This is the song you listen to. The song itself, I don't think is, is bad or annoying. And I actually like Fergie a lot. She seems like a cool person. I'm a fan of Fergie. It's more just what it makes me think of. It makes me think of, you know, those kind of basic girls that go out twice a year uh, and like make a really big deal out of it. If there's three of them, there's the one that like secretly wants to rage all night, that doesn't want to go home, that wants the after party. There's a little bit of potential for her to kind of go off the rails. Like if she runs into a bad boy at the club who's got drugs, maybe she'll end up like doing coke afterwards and like disappearing and her friends will be like, oh my God, where did Megan go? And then there's going to be the one in the middle who's just like, you know, just having fun. She's cool. Um, nothing, nothing wrong with her. And then there's the other one that's sort of like the least popular of the group that gets shit faced when they're pre-gaming. It's like 930 and she's already fucking wasted crying about her boyfriend, her ex-boyfriend. She's like, Scott was such a jerk. I hate Scott. And she's like, wasted and puking before it's even time to get in the cab to go out and they just have to leave her on the couch by herself then she like wakes up at like 1 a.m she's like where, where are you guys how come you didn't wait for me these are the kind of people this song makes me think of which is not a bad thing nothing wrong with those girls uh but that's just what this song makes me think of like, oh my God. 
Based on a true story? Yes, this is based on many true stories. Many true stories that happened to me around 2009. Let's do it. Have you guys ever heard the really old Black Eyed Peas stuff? They were like dorky, like backpack rap. It's terrible. This is a, so much worse than I got a feeling when they were woke backpack rap. And then they're like, you know what? We're tired of uh, making no money and only playing to nerds. Let's sell the fuck out and make music for uh, white college girls. No blackout piece without Fergie. That's right. Speaking of which, I remember liking Fergie's album quite a bit. I haven't listened to it in a long time. So we'll see how it holds up. Remember when everyone said, oh, snap? I'm pretty sure that was, like, very played out by the time this song even came out. I'm a fan of Fergie. She seems like a nice person. I like her. It is a great beat. I just don't understand what the metaphor is here. Like, every time you come around my London, London bridge want to go down like what is the metaphor here it feels like someone was trying to be sexy but you're like what does a woman's body have a part that resembles a london bridge or i don't understand (laughs) is it about eating ass no 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 this is from like many years before ass eating was cool like uh what's the the janae aiko uh you gotta eat the booty like groceries This is way before ass eating was cool. This is when a girl still dressed like Ashley Simpson. Nobody was thinking about eating ass back then. What? I hope Megan Thee Stallion doesn't bring ass eating back. I love her too much. I love WAP. Why in the world would you ever want to avoid someone reviving the ass eating trend? I'm confused. What kind of a sick monster would say, I hope she doesn't bring ass-eating back. Megan the Stallion is our only hope of reviving the ass-eating trend of 2014. My wife says she did say, if he eat my ass, he's a bottom feeder. So I don't think she's against it. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So we have no reason to believe that that Megan the Stallion is anti-ass-eating. I see. So London, London is supposed to be the tongue. I don't want to get banned for talking about this, so I won't. Either way, I feel like, you know, they got the sexy tone of it right, but it just uh, didn't land. But it's a good song. I like it. 303. Oh, yes, I do have that. Okay. Black dress with the tights underneath. This is a fucking great song. I don't care what anyone says. But she ain't got no need. They are cringe. It's true. Always press to your cheeks. They're 303 is extremely cringe, but they're great. I love them. I'm gonna play one of their newer songs actually because it's awesome. If he says he's got beef, that I'm a one of the best lines ever. The song is fucking great. I love it. Obviously, not very 2021 friendly lyrics. Nothing about this song would work well these days, but it's great. This song, when they play this at emo night, it's got to be just fucking wild, right? People have got to lose their shit for this. Bruises, cover your arms, bestest. No one knows who you are. Just another girl alone at the bar. These lyrics uh, would be considered 
inappropriate these days. But man, I think they're legitimately good because I knew so many girls like this back then and they they fucking sucked. Just like I did, to be clear. I was at the same bars that they that they were doing the same things that they were. So I sucked too. We both sucked. But uh, I'm glad someone called them out. They didn't, it didn't age well, but I think they did age well. I think the lyrics to this song aged really well. This is a shitty lifestyle, and everybody who was involved with it uh, was shitty too, including me. I want to play you their new song, or new-ish. It's really good. Really, really, really good lyrics. I want to talk to one of these guys sometimes, because they're very good lyricists, and they seem like smart people. That's right. This was the era where dude would listen to Deathcore, then Chamba 303 and dance with their girlfriend. This is a good song. Legitimately good. Onision. <laughs> Does look like Onision. This is like the best song that they could have made in 2021, right? Very self-aware. Good song. It's cool. I would like to talk to these guys. They seem they seem sharp. Looks like a Macy's ad. Yes, it does. Sounds like a Jared Alonchi parody song, and I say that as a compliment. That's true. How did this age? Holla Batgirl. This was her solo album, which was fucking huge. I don't know if people now remember how fucking popular this album and this song was. This was huge. Get him really close. Ah, super kawaii. That, that was bad. Super kawaii. Not good. Her uh, kawaii sort of era was was a little cringe in hindsight, but good song, I think. Someone needs to do a metalcore cover of this song. Our last night, where you at? That's right, it was Neptune's. It was one of Pharrell's like breakthroughs. Attila should cover this. That's a great song. So catchy. I don't really have a lot of jokes or anything to make about this one because I just legitimately think it's a great song. Gwen Stefani deserves more respect. You know, I made that No Doubt video, or Ska video rather, where I talked about No Doubt and gave her a lot of credit for popularizing Ska and just basically being so influential for so long. And man, so many nasty comments about her. It's, it's really sad. It's just sad how much people hate women, <laughs> you know, is what it comes down to. And the truth is, people hate pretty girls. At least, you know, incels do. I mean, let's just say it. There's a group of people out there that just hate pretty women. And anytime they're successful or anything like that, they're going to show up to say nasty shit and call them all kinds of gross names and stuff. And uh, I think it's sad that people talk about Gwen Stefani that way because, you know, whether you like her music or not, the fact of the matter is that she's one of the most important people like ever in alternative music. I mean, aside from like being a musician, she's very influential in fashion. People still know who she is, still talk about her. You know, she's on, uh, was it The Voice or American Idol? I don't remember which, but she's super fucking accomplished. And uh, I think it's time to put some respect on Gwen Stefani's name. That's what I think. Incels don't like women because they can never have a girl like that and they know it. It's true, but instead of deciding to work on themselves, they choose to lash out. And that's not the move, my friends. It's not the move. Last one, which I think we can all agree is truly dreadful. Crazy Bitch by Buck Cherry. <laughs> oh, this band is horrible. 
He looks like he's wearing one of those shirts with like fake tattoos on it that you get at like Spencer's or whatever. Listen up. God, that guitar with like the fucking wah on it. It's like the musical equivalent of a leather wrist cuff. Like a wah-wah pedal just sounds, just sounds trashy. Sounds like a fucking vape. It sounds like a landing strip on a dude's face. It sounds like boot cut jeans. Just, it's never good. I legitimately can't tell if he's wearing a t-shirt or if those are his tattoos. <laughs> God, just everything about this is just the most like douchey, Fucking, it's not even butt rock. It's like douchey, like dad rock. It's just so sleazy and gross. It's like, how many times has this been played at some fucking shithole strip club in like Youngstown, Ohio? The girl who comes on at midnight that's like the big dog at the strip club in Youngstown. This is her song. Nobody else gets to play the song except Jasmine. The new girl, she, oh my God, she fucked up. She requested Crazy Bitch. She doesn't know that's Jasmine's song. Oh, no, no, no. Nobody else gets that song. That's Jasmine's song. Oh, if Jasmine finds out, this is going to be bad. Ed Hardy Corey, yes. Yes. This strip club is some dude eating six plates of wings. Who eats at a strip club? It's so weird. They serve food? And what, you get a fucking hamburger or wings at a strip club? First of all, it's just weird. Second, who the fuck would trust anything that comes out of the kitchen, the, the quote-unquote kitchen, at a fucking strip club? Like, what is wrong with you? I just imagine what everyone involved with this video smells like, and it's not good. Although, you gotta admire his drip. He's got the leather wrist cuff, he's got the uh, chunky jewelry. You gotta admire that. The belt buckle. His basic pentatonic blues dad solo. Crazy bitch. Crazy bitch. Yeah, oh, here's this is the part where like imagine some girl from Dayton or Youngstown. She's had too much to drink and like they're playing this and she's got her eyes closed and she's dancing along with this song, just imagining her. She's like mouthing crazy bitch, crazy bitch, because she's imagining she's the crazy bitch in the video. Crazy bitch. Song's about me. Freak God. The strip club had free hot dogs on Halloween. Ugh. Oh, God, these lyrics just make me want to like take a shower. When I dream, I'm doing you all night. Doing you. He's the kind of guy that like he met some girl at the bar and uh, you know, he like whispers in her ear like I want to do you so bad. Hey, you want to you wanna get out of here? I got to I gotta tell you, baby, I, I want to do you so bad. You want to do me? What? <laughs> what is this, like 1955? You want to do me? I want to do you so bad. Do me a favor and get lost. <laughs> All right, my friends, that does it for this edition of the worst songs of the 2000s. I'll probably do part two one of these days. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Shout out to everyone out there who's ever wanted to do someone. Everyone who's dreamed about doing someone. This one's for you. This song has local racetrack. <laughs>
vibes. <laughs> yes. We're going to play this during the warm-up lap of the Demolition Derby. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that, and you can just sit at home, think about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast. A songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.